Blog Talk Radio. The homeless is still homeless. The poor is still poor. Yet we find billions of dollars to fund senseless war. And yes, we're fighting terrorism. What about the quiet racism? Dividing among ourselves. Somebody's crying for help. Heaven is listening. Heaven is watching. Heaven knows. And they may not play this on the radio. Cause the devil don't want you to know. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Unbuzzed Pressure. I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Gilbert, and glad to be here. You would not believe um, what I've been through and what I've been doing today. <laughs> but we have a great show for you. Um, I was uh, busy trying to get our brother, Ice Cube, on today. Uh, as many of you know, Ice Cube has the contract with America Black Community. Uh, and he is working very, very, very hard to get uh, the Republican and Democrat Party, our government, to uh, pay reparations, if you will, to the black community for all the things, uh, the atrocities that have occurred to uh, the descendants of slaves, the slaves themselves, and uh, to those black people who did not willingly come and, and, and work for this country to become the greatest country, uh, the greatest place uh, on the earth, uh, and in no need of being made great again. Uh, In fact, what we have seen is that it has went from greatness to a clown circus. But um, so we're going to start off the show tonight. We have some very, very distinguished individuals that we're calling on to help us uh, put together a great show for you. And we are hoping that you will enjoy uh, just looking, listening, and uh, thinking. Because the thought process hopefully will help you to make uh, a decision if you are undecided, um, we have we have so much to share with you, and I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be your host, and more importantly, I'm glad to still be standing. Uh, Rihanna, are you there tonight? I know that you were very helpful in getting the show started for me, so I'm not going to even bother you if you're not. Give me one point two seconds. Hey, Rihanna. I'm here. I'm here, Bishop. 
Okay, great. I have to get my guests on the line, so take it over for a few seconds, and I'll be right back. Okay, sounds good. We'll play a quick commercial. Welcome to the Unbuzzman Press Show. Welcome to the Unbuzzman Press Show. Pronounce your name for me, Mr. Amin Gufer. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm very, very honored to have you tonight on the show. Uh, and like I said, welcome to the Unbuzzman Press Show. Um, when, I, when I started thinking about the show tonight, um, I just thank God that he is the creator and he brought you into my midst. Uh, I always reached out to our elders and um, Rihanna is a little, she is my sound executive and take care of all of the boards for me. Uh, we've had Dick Gregory, a friend of yours on the show so, so many times. And uh, there were some things that you said that just uh, amplified things that he has said on the show many, many times. Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Ice Cube. I'm in Compton right now, uh, the uh, Compton Airport, and I uh, wanted to weigh in on straight out of Compton to the White House. Uh, we have a brother that, that, that grew up in the streets of Compton. Uh, I believe that he is one of the most sincere brothers that I've ever met in the struggle. And he uh, admitted that he didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about uh, politics. But he, like myself and others, he knows that uh, we have been uh, historically left out of the room and uh, – as the old men and women used to say, if you're not at the table, then you're probably being sacrificed on the table. <laughs> so, with that having been said, uh, give me a little insight on what you what you feel about the uh, controversy over Ice Cube uh, entertaining, supporting the uh, Trump reelection. Well, I didn't really take it as um, supporting Trump or Biden either. It was just simply uh, addressing them with his agenda, which is uh, self-left, not selfish, but at the same time, uh, something that needed to be addressed. But anytime that you negotiate, you have to come with strength, either strength in something that's overwhelming or strength in having the right foundation that gives you some type of leverage because you can't negotiate unless you have some form of leverage, either some new knowledge or some new strength. And the strength has to come from unification, so it's easy to keep someone divided when they have weak links. And uh, the only thing that I saw that he was lacking was knowledge to those that do have some influence, that do have some other than his, because no one can deny a united force. That's what this country was based on. And it is a micro-society, 
but even a micro has to be a solid micro. And so that's the only thing that I think he was short of, is just having enough support from other platforms and uh, other like-minded people. Now, most of us will agree that uh, the the intentions, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I, I definitely believe that his intentions were uh, honorable and uh, more paramount. I think that, uh, you know, he worked on a plan. He did his homework as far as uh, the things that he wanted uh, to be signed by the Democrat and the Republican Party. And he went to both parties. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, there is a uh, a misnomer that all blacks are going to just do something that we've done in the past. And I think when they, when they started recognizing that they were socially conscious uh, African-Americans, then would not just uh, go for the okie doke that, you know, we didn't want to stay at home. Uh, this this election is too important not to vote, and that's the reason why we're having the show today. There are some people who say, "Well, I'm just not going to vote," um, or, or they both parties don't do nothing for us, so it don't make a difference. Uh, if you have not seen the last uh, four years of of, of <laughs> it doesn't matter, then you better look again. Uh, from my perspective, being the ombudsman general and looking at uh, looking at the judicial system and the unfair verdicts that come out uh, when it pertains to people of color, let me say this again: uh, I'm talking about black community today, and somehow uh, when the narrative changed to people of color, it changed from black to everybody that is non-white. My uh, clarification is because when other people that are non-white go to the table, black is not on the table for discussion. So when we're discussing the black community, the black family, it needs to be exclusively discussed about what you're going to do for the black descendants of the chattel slaves. Because in the past when things have been discussed and then the minority gets to participate, the minority is also a white woman. And Can I interrupt you just a absolutely, little bit? Absolutely. I'm going to say something that it's pretty much established. Just about every Cajun has one outlook, and every group, Italians, when they came to America, they had to go through. Jewish people, when they came to America, they had to go through. And they would basically looked on the same level as black people. Only difference is 
they unified. They worked as a united force. They built their own communities, their own monies together. That's the big difference. Black people do it, but on a smaller level. So until you, again, come with some form of strength and hopefully economic strength, because a violent resolution is a short resolution. So that's where it really appears there is an issue, economic. And why would someone treat you on their level? Economics aren't sound. You're pretty much a guy needing a job when you don't create a job for yourself. If you don't have the essentials, no one respects you. And in this country, you're not even really considered a citizen unless you own real estate. So let's say it's an economic situation. And that's who he's listening to. No, no different than IQ. He would just be another brother if he didn't have a platform. Based on he got a little bit of grip and uh, some influence because he's known. But how strong is that without more money, more unity? So that's why when it comes to representation, Someone else represents us more than ourselves because, again, you can't be late for that job. (laughs) All right? So until you have a strong foundation, you everybody's joke. You're just another guy. You need a job. When you become self-sufficient, then you become a boss. People talk about being a boss, but that's a real boss. All right. Yes, sir. So <laughs> at this point, let's let's go over uh Ryan, I know that you have the um the information as to uh what was asked in the contract and if you could please put put that contract on our website so that people can read the contract. We'll put a link on our website so that people can uh, go and, and, and find out what the contract was. I mean, I, I think that a lot of uh, uh, thought went into uh, the contract. And let me say this, and this is uh, Bishop Guillory saying this, uh, and has no reflection on the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the, uh, you know, uh, anyone else. But I wouldn't give a darn if there was a nine-page contract or nine-mile contract. If Donald Trump's signature is on it, uh, it don't mean nothing. The man is a pathological liar, and he has spent his life breaching contracts. So uh, him signing a contract with with Ice Cube uh, would not get me to even think twice about uh, not voting for him and uh, being the president of the Republican uh, uh, Republicans for Biden-Harris committee, I am going to say this, as I've urged every other Republican out there, get rid of this man. 
he has single-handedly destroyed whatever efforts that the Republican Party had to open lines between them and the black community. Uh, I have on my website the history of why African Americans left the Republican Party and, and, and droves went to the Democrat Party, a party known of the Dixiecrats and the Klan. Uh, many people don't know that history and why it took place. But I will say this, um, Donald Trump signing a contract doesn't mean a hill of beans to me. However, if he were to give the $500 trillion that he says that he have programmed, you know, like he's selling something on, on his one of his infomercials, I got the platinum program for the black people. Um, it's a platinum program. Never, never, never done in the history of the United States. I'm the only president ever did a platinum plan. Do it now. Just like you have violated every other rule or tradition of the presidency, do it now. Do it before the election. Well, if you remember you said black people uh, have nothing to lose. <laughs> so... <laughs> His opinion has been clear from the gate. He said, well, you got to lose. Well, he said that before. Let me tell you what we have to lose and what we have lost. When Donald Trump became the president of the United States, when he became the president of the United States, Donald Trump immediately started making phone calls when the tradition has always been that the uh, president, until after the inauguration before he would start doing anything because you can't have two presidents. This man didn't wait. This man immediately got started and making sure that people knew that he was the president and he was in charge. So let me say this. Since Donald Trump became the president of the United States. Donald Trump made sure that, number one, he had, he had 196 persons to which he was responsible for appointing to the office of a judiciary seat. He appointed 196 judges. Of that 196 judges, not one of them are black. So that's what I have to lose. If you have to go into a courtroom and... Uh, when you go into that courtroom, they're going to uh, treat you like Donald Trump has treated people. Uh, that's not a place to be. So I'm going to tell you once again, what you have to lose is a whole lot. And I implore that you get to that poll and you get your mail-in ballot or you get your whatever kind of ballot you're going to do that you put it in, and you make sure that you track it, and you make sure that it's counted. 
Because if we have to sit back and do another four years or Donald Trump, I'm 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 afraid that there will be irreparable harm done that we won't be able to to uh, ratify in a lifetime. Uh, what what point did you want to make, sir? Well, about speaking of someone else, are you speaking? No, no, you go ahead. Well, I will tell you as being an optimist, I have no respect for Donald Trump. But Donald Trump doesn't have love for not only black people. He don't have love for white people. So it is not a racial thing with him. It's strictly economics with him. And as far as judges go, I don't think he really chose those judges. Unless they're bankruptcy judges, he probably don't know nothing about them. <laughs> he only know about bankruptcy, okay? So if there's a judge doing anything other than bankruptcy, he probably don't know that much about them. Those were handpicked by other people. No, not it's, not, it's, a, not. It's, it's a It's a fact. He doesn't read. Yeah, well, I can tell you one thing. Whether whether he picked them, Lizzie Graham picked them, or whoever picked them, these are individuals that are very conservative to the point of being dangerous to a society, uh, to a black community. And, you know, whether he can read or whether he don't read, whether he has a, a third-grade comprehension, whether he has the uh, uh, span, things are being done that has to justify and at this point, I'm telling people it's important that we look at this situation. So let's get back to the young brother who decided that he would go and talk to um, the community and say something uh, and do something about uh, this contract. So let's talk about the contract. Um, Rihanna, I don't know if you're going to be with us or how long or, or what you can you can do, but have you been able to put that on our website so people can kind of follow us a little bit? You added it. No, no, no. I have, I'm asking my engineer to put yeah, it up on the website. Okay. So so uh, let me just say this uh, to, to our listeners. Being from Compton, I was born and raised here, uh, born in Dominguez Valley Hospital, went through all my uh, education from K to graduation and then off to college. Um, I've lived here. It's not something that I read about. This is not something that I looked at a movie and, and watched. So when I have someone that is a friend of mine, a colleague, uh, a homeboy, uh, that says, hey, something needs to be done, yes, I, I agree completely uh, that the Democrat Party has taken, uh, the modern Democrat Party has taken uh, the black vote for granted. Uh, but as I told many of you when you asked me about Biden and the uh, crime bill, I explicated to you that uh, I was here, I was a deputy mayor at 16 years old working for the Honorable Mayor Robert Henning, the first black mayor of the city of Linwood. And I remember black elected officials begging uh, legislatures uh, here in California and the, and the United States legislature to pass stricter uh, laws. And they were then 
complaining that when you call the police, there is a three-day, four-day response before they will come and and uh, assist you. So uh, they were tired of people uh, committing crimes and getting right back out. I mean, you had witnesses that would get up and testify to a brutal murder, and the murderer was out because it was another black person uh, in three to four years. So uh, people came to the table. Now, of course, when Polly Class Class was uh, uh, kidnapped and murdered, they had individuals that said, listen, we need three strikes. Now, there was a whole lot going on. And if we're going to go back into history and talk about what took place, yes, a lot. we have been victims as black people since the inception of us being brought to America, okay? Now, what we're talking now is whether a bullet to the head is worse than a stab in the side, okay? Can I survive the stab in the side versus being shot in my brain, okay, and dying immediately? If we survive the stab in the side, then perhaps we can grow, we can develop, we can evolve another brilliant person or persons, stand up and bring us to a, a place of that we're supposed to be in. But we cannot continue in this vein, bleeding out, and not getting the respect, and not getting the support, and not getting the money. Because as Willie Brown, the godfather of California black politics, say, the power in politics is the honey, and the honey equals money. So if you don't have no honey, you don't have no money, you don't have no power in politics. So we have to start thinking on a different position. I, I understand that people say, well, this man is a business. He's not a, he's a bad businessman, okay? You, you've heard of a, 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 a mechanic. They can be a bad mechanic that you can take your car to and you can pay the man, but every time you drive out to, out to shop, your car breaks back down. Well, and you go and you take it back. I'm saying I that... Think, I think he's a great businessman in the respect that he makes money, he pays no taxes, he, pays no, he doesn't pay the people that work for him. He has probably more lawsuits against him than anyone, especially construction. So he is known in New York as being a rip-off artist. Right. So he's a really good salesman because he not only sold himself in New York, he sold the country because he played on their racism. Mm -hmm. Okay? So his constituents consist of people that really don't have what he has. Who controls him are people that got more than he has. All right? So he's just no different than a tool. Not the best tool, but <laughs> most certainly a tool. So well, the tool is not being used to help us. Well, 
and, and, the and, thing and, is, can't nobody help you better than you can help yourself. And until we come to that realization, no one is going to volunteer because, again, who is going to dig you out when you dug yourself in? Well, there's no, I mean, greater, there's no greater time on this planet than it is right now. Communication now, you can reach around the world in seconds. So just even making communication to better yourself, if you're not educated, you can do it with a phone. But instead, people utilize it to bring themselves and humanity down. Social media should be a step up. It's two steps back. Okay? So all of these things just tell you what time it is. Until you wake up and do for yourself, nobody's going to help you. Until you unify and have your own, nobody's going to help you. And, and deserve, you know, just like you say, you only get out what you put in. If you don't put nothing in, how do you deserve to get anything out? And again, to a lot of people, we're just antiquated farm equipment. So what's the what's when you when you say that? I, I hear what you're saying. Okay, well, we it's have education, it's education, economics, and just pure love. It is more hatred than anything. We envy anyone that's doing well. And instead of complimenting it, you destroy it. You, you, you tear it down. So the only people that are of importance are people that promote slackness. Not greatness, slackness. So you have to get rid of those decrepit ways in order to do better. You got to care about your community more than you do some red bottom shoes because we're the ones that support the world. Fashion, everything, music is all based on what we like, but we don't benefit from. It's time to wake up. I agree. Because the world is following us and getting rich off of us, and we're not doing anything but getting them rich and going to work tomorrow. Bro, I have when, no but love, but at the same time, I got a whole lot of sympathy for them that, again, just don't have the consciousness to know. Money don't even come with instructions. So if you got the world tomorrow in money, that don't mean you're going to keep it. That just means you're going to get a, a, a Rolls Royce, uh, some name brand this, some name brand that. Still getting it right back to the people that don't care nothing about you. Okay? And some brands, they don't want you to buy it because you're degrading them. So I have love, but at the same time, I got understanding above all. Understanding is the highest form of intelligence. And until you approach life with intelligence, you're not respected, and you can't build on a weak foundation. A foundation is built by brick by brick. First, you got to have 
a brick, not throw a brick, not tear a brick up, build a brick. Just like our discussion earlier today, most of us wouldn't know how to grow one vegetable, not one vegetable, but can tell you the hottest song and the slickest or the, (laughs) I mean, just things of absolutely zero value. So I hate to be the the bitter pill, but I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to utilize the understanding that I have. And so all those things the solution, to, the solution, all those things point election. to, all those things point to, and to be absolutely honest with you, I'm 66 years old. This is the first time I ever vote, ever, because I never saw the sense in it. If you check Ice Cube's story, this is the first year he ever voted. Right. Because you get frustrated when you are sort of like sitting on that edge and you see, and you see that you don't really care about me. What I got to do is do for myself. Right. If I don't do it for myself, I'm not going to have Jack. Right. Okay. But now at this point in my life, I care about other people because I'm going to take care of me. I've learned, I've, Learned that art a long time ago. So that's what it is. And the bad thing about it is I haven't been able to do it with other people like me because it's hard to find them. You get so frustrated that, hey, you say, well, I might as well do it myself. Why get into the wrangle? Why get into the ego? And that's not the way to think. But at the same time, I'm victimized by the same thing. That's why I understand it, because it's not something that's foreign to me. So we know, we know that at this point that this is a uh, very, very important election. <laughs> and, you know, it's probably one of the most important elections that that in my lifetime, you know, uh, because I've been able to see from the inside uh, how you can dismantle. And, you know, for those African-Americans that don't know that there's a, uh, a, uh, a bill that gives you the permission, the privilege to vote. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Okay. It's like that, that hat that Trump wears in his saying. Make America great again. When has it ever been that great for us? <laughs> right. Absolutely. When I see black people wearing that hat, that, that was the code that he used. That's the biggest that, laugh I ever get. But but that was the code. It wasn't for us. The code was for them. Let's True. make it great again. When we have workers, True. when we have servants that are subservient and will shut up, right? To shut to do the work and shut up. Well, you know, I just think that all of them get paid, and I just wonder how much they're getting paid to wear the hat. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I've been around some of the uh, uh, Negroes that have wore the hat, and they feel uh, elated until they get hit upside the head at a rally, and the person thinks that they're there to sabotage it. They're from Black Lives Matter. And to hear those Negroes squeal, 
I know I'm with Trump. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm, with Trump. I'm with Trump. I'm with Trump. Big America. The people okay. don't believe them and, and whoop them down. Uh, and, and, and then later on they find out, okay, yeah, you, okay, you are. Now, do you take that butt whooping and go back and put your hat on and, and, and yell again? Or do you get your ass out of there and realize that you had a Klan rally, not a pet rally? Not, not, a, not a, We were talking about politics earlier, and you came up with a new, new slogan for me with the politics. And you were saying the ticks suck blood. (laughs) You know, but, you know, I do think that there is hope. Um, I believe the window is closing. I believe that our people are getting ready to see, you know, even though we've been taught uh, by our grandparents and, 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 and our parents, maybe put some money up, save some money up. But some of a rainy day, uh, don't go and spend all your money. Go buy you a little piece of land. You know, I remember my grandmother talking about moving from Waco, Texas. And she said, her daddy, they packed up everything because they were sharecroppers. And my great-grandfather had been a slave. And he said to his family, when he packed them up and moved from Waco, Texas, that's the last property that I'll ever investing that I don't own. The next ground that I get will be my own. And he bought homes for his sons when they came to California and his daughters. And he always told us the importance of owning our own dwelling. He explained can that. I tell you can I tell yes. you something interesting? It in the last 50 years, the debt was paid to those that owned slaves to free them. We had to pay for our freedom. And I'm not talking about our grandparents or uncles, us. It has been less than 70 years debt has been paid back for the money borrowed to pay the slave owners off. So when you wake up tomorrow, <laughs> think about it. Hey, I know you're just digesting it now, but you paid for your freedom. So why not be free? Well, that's a very valid point. I think that the, uh, the Haitian government is now asking France to give them back the money that they paid for their freedom. Uh, and when we were studying uh, why Hades could not get back on his feet, uh, and they were saying that many of the uh, European puppets that they would put in would never address the issue of the trillions of dollars that was paid by the Haitians to the France government for their independence. Because France told him, said, we'll just go and reboot up and come back and have another war. We'll keep warring with you until we conquer you again. So they agreed to pay for their freedom. So I understand what you're saying. And it's only when we start to uh, realize that the great price that was paid for our freedom uh, or our so-called freedom, 
when we right. read the 13th Amendment, the, the, the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, slavery nor voluntary servitude shall exist in America except when one has been duly convicted of a crime. Then he shall be considered and treated as a slave. Now, uh, that's what has happened with the prison industrial complex, where places like California, a liberal state, will have more incarcerated prisoners than three or four states in the South combined. California had so many prisoners that there was a federal decree that you will either release them or you will bring them back from the other states where they're being housed. That's the slavery that still exists in America. And yes, they do work and they do make things and those things that they make are sold on the stock exchange. And even worse than that, it is companies that own, maintain, and run prisons. So what does that tell you? It's just another business, my brother. It's just another business. Well, we have to we have to make these things uh, uh, known to the people so that they can make a clear uh, choice and an informed decision. If you want to be free, you need to get your own. If you want to remain free, you must have the economics to do so. Let's talk a little bit about uh, taking care of our health. You uh, went to San Diego uh, to understand and to learn about uh, gardening and and uh, agriculture. Tell us a little bit about that and why you did it. Well, I'm not advertising the place, but it's called the Optimum Health Institute. And basically, they are a complex that grows the healthiness of eating sprouts because sprouts have hundreds of more nutritional value than the actual vegetable and the shorter growth period than any other form of nutrition. Sprouts grow within 7 to 12 days. An ounce of sprout, broccoli, for instance, is equivalent to 20 to 30 pounds of actual broccoli. How long would it take you to consume 20 to 30 pounds of broccoli if you could do so? But you could do that with an ounce of sprouts in a salad. So these are things that go back to the society that we live in now, that water, food, the ability to obtain are going to get harder. You can grow sprouts at your kitchen sink. You don't need a massive farm to do that. You don't have to create pollution. 
you don't have to uh, make the planet suffer because you want to eat. So this is where we're at now. It's the best time ever to be on this planet. But if you don't know and realize that, you'll never understand that. Only way you can do that is not be a consumer of folly, but be a consumer of knowledge and understanding. Look for a future and you'll have a future. If you don't plan a future, you don't have a future. You don't even have a life. Okay? So, nutrition is something that we have to have to sustain ourselves. So, we have to change. Soul food may truly be soul food because what remains after the body is dead? The soul. So, a lot of things that we grew up on is showing and reflecting that it's not really that good for you. It was at that beginning was what someone else threw away or saw zero value in. That's how it came to us. But we were able to create a delicacy out of garbage. All right? Half of our population can tell you about eating coon. Coon is a raccoon. What is a raccoon but a big rat? Still go on. So you have to understand what you're doing because can't nobody do it to you worse than what you can do to yourself. So it's very important to plan a future or you don't have a future. And the future definitely reflects that the more nutrition that you get, the healthier you're going to be, the more creative that you're going to be, and you have something to pass on. And you'll probably save a lot of money, too. The main thing is it'll get you away from being dependent. That's the truth slavery. Because when it comes to free, dumb, it's mostly dumb than free. Okay? And can't nobody free you quicker than you can free yourself. Because it starts and ends in the mind. You never succumb mentally to it. You never become a victim of it. Let's have it. I the question, bro? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on some of the things that we've been trying to uh, decipher here. Uh, You mentioned your age. And when I talk to the millennials, I tell them that we have a different mindset. Uh, Many of us, Generation X, uh, that are right behind you all, uh, baby boomers, and um, they, of course, uh, the millennials, are in a whole complete different mindset than us. But I think that we all want 
we all want our kids and our family to eat, be healthy, and to live a happy life. So when I look at when people say, what do the black people want? We want the same thing for our kids as you want for yours. We want them to have a future. We want them to be a part of this country that we have fought and died for. And I don't understand why that is so un why that's so uh hard for some people to understand. You know, if we have not proven our loyalty, you know, they have people that move from Viet Cong and they come here and they ask for asylum or or or, 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 or the Mongs, they come and they, they, they you know and there's a there's an interview process, as you said earlier so eloquently. Everyone else that came through, came through Ellis Island or they came through and became, willingly became citizens. After being here, they have been able to uh, work and, and, and develop a community. Black people, descendants of the chattel slaves, are the only race of people here that not only did not come willingly, but has had this or, this government to orchestrate uh, divisive programs like COINTELPRO to keep us at a subservient level of poverty and to even sabotage. Now, when we start thinking about, um, you know, some of the movies that we've seen, some of the, the times that people in Oklahoma – uh, you know, tells of Oklahoma, uh, Black Wall Street, uh, down in Florida, you know, we say, wow, they did that? They did worse than that. The government wokenly, willingly, with blatant disregard of black life, created crack cocaine and disseminated it in the black community to pay for an illegal war. Put kids in lead invested schools so they would develop cancer and die. I mean, when you think about all of the horrific things that have been done to one race of people to prevent them from participating, and then now, in 2020, you have a president who calls the postmaster general in his office and say, how can you slow down or stop this mail, or this process? That's crazy. Remember, there was a book written on how to basically control your slaves. Willie Lynch. Okay. Willie Lynch. I mean, so it's not a secret. But the thing is, can't nobody do nothing to you because 99% of that is cooperation. Well, so, you know what? So if you if you again, because I, I'm a person that I feel that most of this is because the people don't unify. Well, if, you know what? If, if you if you don't have the right mindset, you don't do for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have a unified force, well, you, you are a victim. 
King, I'm going to say this. How, how, do you, how do you victimize someone? I will say this. Them, you separate them from the security. Right. You, you isolate. You isolate. Right. But, but, but see, this is what I'm saying. You, you are an individual that you can defend yourself if you are not just an individual. It's no different than the leaders, what they do. Kill off the leader, right? which is killing the head, and the body dies. Well, so this is the reason why we have to support. Everybody educated. Everybody participates. You can't kill everybody. Right. Well, see, that's why I saw all these millennials. They're not listening to the jargon uh, that of the past. These millennials, when they first had their first protest, and they arrested the police officer and charged him with third-degree uh, manslaughter. They said, oh, no. When they burnt down the police station, everybody started to shake. They went to Beverly Hills and started looting in Beverly Hills instead of burning up Watts. They said, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Black lives do matter. Why? Because you're messing with my money now. And you are defying authority to the point that if we let you get away with it, then they're going to do it other places. So those millennials, even the fact that they would come out and say, we want to defund the police departments. Uh, when I talked to one of the founders here in Los Angeles, she told me, she said, Bishop, do you think when you go in to negotiate that you go in with what you will accept? Hell no. We had to put defund the police department to make the unions for the police department and the public officials come to the table and say, okay, well, this is what we can do. And, 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 and the $150 million that was taken from their budget in Los Angeles that people thought was, yeah, that's a lot of money. But when you're looking at $5 billion, it's nothing. But it's is $150 million that can be used to educate young people as to how to become a part of the system, whether they become police officers, police commissioners, or the elected officials. We have to change the mind. But see, I can't look at my kids and call them dumb, say that they don't have no unity. Listen, when you have beef separated, see, I remember watching Move on the news get burned up in Philadelphia, okay? Chief Willie Williams dropped a bomb on him. I remember being downtown Los Angeles in 1992 when the first rock was thrown by a, a, a USC white student into the Bank of America, okay? But yet they went all the way over and got a, a football Williams and the rest of them and said, y'all did this over. No, 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 no. We was downtown. The mayor was over at the First Amy Church. We was in the church. We left there and went downtown. The rocks have already been thrown. The unity is not going to be. First of all, how can you, you? The only reason why Black Lives Matter is still in, in existence is because they refuse to have a leader. Because they refuse to let have big eyes and little U's. They said, if you have something to say, you can say it. If you have something that you can do, you can do it. But, you know, we have to, this government is going to have to accept responsibilities to what they created. You created a divided family. You took the man out the house and told the woman, if you have a man's shoes at your house, when we pop up on you, you're going to get cut off welfare. We're talking about during Depression 
when people were in starving in, in lines, when they told the woman, "You don't need no man. We're gonna give you child support. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you some ADFC. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you. Those are gonna be our kids." That was the project. And now that these women are out there saying, "I can do it my own. I can do my own," and then every other damn night she's on a on a TV crying, talking about why you killed my baby. Where, you, where was his daddy at? Maybe if his daddy would have came outside, uh, 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 the, the police would have thought twice before shooting him in the head. You know, we have got to understand that much of the stuff that has happened to us, we've been victimized. While we're running around putting on uniforms, going over uh, uh, to other countries, fighting for their uh, 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 democracy, we don't have it here in America. How the hell can you have a democracy and then you tell the people that they can't vote? How the hell can you have a democracy when you're telling the people uh, uh, take the ballots and throw them in a trash can? How can you have a uh, democracy when you're telling people I'm going to arrest you and put you in prison? We had a black woman in Texas put in prison for 14 years for voting when her probation or parole officer said that uh, here's the registration card. But she's in prison right now for voting. We have got to get to a place where we understand that this is systemic. Systemic and institutional racism doesn't change overnight. If you don't think it's important to get your ass up and vote, and I'm not telling you because the populist vote is going to make the decision, but like the gentleman said today, when we unite, when there's too many of us, and we're all going in the same direction, they can't kill us all. They can't lock us all up. They can't do everything to us because it's just too much. So therefore, we have to go in a direction and we have to support one another. And in that sentence, I say this. I am in 100% support of my brother for what he has done to make both parties recognize that we're here and we're not going anywhere. And if you want our vote, you need to do something to earn it. And for all you people to say, well, I'm mad at him. He should have did that. Well, wait a minute. What the hell have you done? If he at least sat down with good intentions and decided that he would write something and he would, he would, he would say something and do something. I love my brother, Barack Obama. And many of you that go back on the footage, you will find that I was there when nobody else was there and I was a Republican. And I supported him, and I campaigned for him, and I donated money for him. And I went from four or five different states campaigning, not as a surrogate, as a Republican. And he was elected. And then I had to double down and do it again. Because as my crooked, low-down, non-believing-in-God pastor of, uh, of the 700 Club, said, God had told me that Romney was going to win. I had to get my, if God told him that, Pat Robinson, if God told you that, you are what made me get up and go to Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and campaign like hell to make sure that Romney didn't win. And I'm saying, again, if you sit back and you use your time not to get involved. Hey, if you know 10 people, if you know 10 people who will not, have not, 
and have never voted. Now is the time. They can register on election day and vote. Get your butt out there and vote. And you better vote like your children's lives depend on it. Because indubitably, self and indubitably, it does. These trillions of dollars that this man has stolen, these trillions of dollars they talk about for stimulus, trillions of dollars are going to have to be paid back. And your great-grandchildren is going to be the payers. So if you, that all them stimulus checks and all that EDD money that's been, that's nothing but a drop in a bag. They got away with trillions. And Donald Trump has already told you that if he lose, he's leaving this country. Well, hell, he's leaving this country because he got his bag of loot. And I want to tell you white women that's out there who's running around here, white women are, are women for Trump. He don't even like you. He ain't never married a white woman. He don't care about this country. Every woman he ever been with that's married, that he married, has been a non-white woman. So <laughs> check your status. And for all my poor-ass white brothers that's out there in Texas and Alabama, Mississippi, and you wearing your hat proud as hell about this Trump guy, and you willing to kill somebody about this Trump guy, go your ass online and file a, 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 a application to become a part of his uh, country club and let you see how he will throw your dusty ass right over to the side without even looking at your, your uh, good uh, 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 Make America Great mega hat because you don't make enough money. That mega hat ain't going to get your ass in on his golf course. And all of you Californians that are running around there on your yacht, since you're, you're, I love Trump. Well, go to his golf course. Go to his public golf course over in Los Angeles. Pay $245 for a round of golf if they let you in. I'm sorry. We don't have any uh, room for you. Please go to the public, uh, the other public golf courses that they have. This is private. It's public, but it's private. You don't make enough money. I'm sorry. We can't. We can't be seen with a country hick like you. Go on, all you uh, 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 dusty people down there in, in the bowl, in the dust bowl. That the black folk can't even drive through uh, Modesto or, or or drive through Barstow at night because you're throwing stuff at their cars. Red balloons with, with you know with, with red paint in them. You know, take take your boots and that truck and your paint. And go down there to Los Angeles to the golf course. Don't worry, it's not in the city of Los Angeles. It's just called that because it's in the county of Los Angeles. It sits on the beautiful water in the ocean. And you will be amazed that when you go to the gate that you don't get in. So you being a supporter of him is almost like <laughs> me being a supporter of Vaccine Water or any of the other ones that they're there as godfathers and godmothers of the ghetto. Just because you're my color doesn't make you my kind. And if you think that he's your color, so he's your kind, he could care less about your kind. He cares about money. And when all is said and done, people are going to see that. He wanted to make history. He will make history as one of the most loathed men who's ever served in, in office. And when the people that vote and support him, wake up and recognize what has been done to the integrity. See, 
Uh, I disagree with my uh, 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 guest tonight only on one issue about Trump being a good businessman. When I say when I say good, you just take out one of the O's and you got God. And uh, if you're good, that means that you're good because of the morals, because of the ethics, and because you pay your workers who have worked for you. Most people that have worked for this man, or he bought a company that uh, some family owned for three or four generations, and he went in and depleted it and, and sold everything and then dumped it, and, and you know, and, 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 and he found, he made money. Okay. That, in my opinion, does well, not make I didn't. I didn't want you to think that I said he was a businessman in my eyes. Oh. I'm saying he's a good businessman for Trump. Yeah, for okay. Trump. Absolutely. For okay, Trump yeah. only. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. The rich yeah. people like him. Oh, absolutely. Because he doesn't care about no middle class. He doesn't care about no class. Of no class. Right. It's strictly about them with yeah. cash. With cash, All right. right. <laughs> And, and, you know, and, and you look, that, I did, you know, I I'm, glad, I'm glad we clarified that. I know you couldn't have been a friend of Dick Gregory's talking like that. But I was saying to myself, because there are a lot of people that get, there's a misnomer. You know, he says so many times that people start saying it too. He's a good businessman. He's not a good businessman. Let me tell you about yeah, a good businessman. For him. If you're bankrupting, how no, are you good? No, I'm not. I'm not saying it's good for him in the respect that he comes out ahead for himself personally. Now, a good businessman is a smart businessman because everybody comes out good because then you'll do more business with him. Okay. But he's the kind of guy that does a business where you cannot do business with him because he's going to rip you off as soon as he can. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, that, that's what I meant by it. Oh, it's it's only good for him. Yes. I'm enjoying this interview. I, have, um, I, I, I haven't had – I've been this worked up in a while because we have so much right now to lose and it's important that we get this information out to our people that, you know, this is important. You, you mentioned that this, this will be your first time voting. Um, thank you. Thank you. Because I, I know why a lot of people, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I'm 51 years old now, and I remember going and knocking on people's door to get uh, Mayor Hennings reelected. And I remember uh, some of the people, uh, including my dad, who said, "I've never voted. I'm not going to vote." And I would tell my dad, "You know, he said, listen, 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 get your mom to vote. I'm not voting. I like what he's doing with you. That's fine." He said, "But I just don't. I don't deal with them, and they don't deal with me. I don't. I'm going to go that way." And uh, my dad was a union man who lived in a time where he realized, he thought that, you know, hey, listen, most of the unions are in with certain politicians, and we're going to get a contract. We're not going to get a contract. If I I get political, then, you know, it it becomes a situation. Uh, Other friends I had told me that, you know, they were Jehovah's Witnesses, and they just didn't vote because they didn't involve themselves in, in politics at all. They would never 
even register, let alone vote. So I understand and respect everyone's right to participate or their right to withdraw and not participate. But what I am saying, those of us that do participate and know that there is a lot, a lot at stake, you know, uh, he's not going to change in the next four years. What he has done to us have set us back. And this court, they keep on saying, well, Biden, if you win, will you stack the deck? Will you stack it? Didn't you just go what, uh, and turn what you said last year into a lie, doing what you said you wouldn't do, doing what you stopped Obama from doing? So why would you be concerned about him opening up and putting more people on there because you got more people on there now? See, it's not about fairness. It's about winning with these people. And their winning is to keep your ass broke and working, paying taxes. Simple as that. Uh, Doc, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I want you to, if you don't mind, um, you mentioned going to the farmer's market. And you mentioned one of my mother's schoolmates, uh, classmates, um, who helped you. Arnold Wagner, attorney Arnold Wagner, uh, one of my mom's, uh, was a partner to Johnny Cochran. He had his first opened his office in 72 down here in Compton. And then he moved, he separated, and started his Johnny Cochran firm on Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, you mentioned that he had assisted you and getting into the farmer's market that you had to, there was something that had to happen in order to get you into the farmer's market in, in, in Santa Monica. Could you elaborate a little bit on that, if you don't mind? Well, it was as simple as a Jewish friend of mine, which was a very close friend of Johnny Cockrell, got me in the market. And uh, it was just based on, it was zero participation from black farmers in any of the large markets, let alone the small ones. So it was a challenge 10 years because I was always questioned as a suspect instead of a prospect. And they insisted on coming and inspecting me. And when they left, they left with their mouth open because they couldn't believe a black man could run a business like them. And make most cases better because I live well. I believe in living life to the fullest. And I study those that are successful and have formulated a philosophy that works, which is just simply utilizing understanding and studying before taking action. Well, let me say this. I appreciate you sharing your stories, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding. Um, I was talking to a gentleman uh, who is 
very known to the political uh, arena, and he helped to facilitate the black farmers' uh, lawsuit against the government. And part of his argument when he met with us and Dr. Claude Anderson and others, he said, let, let me say this, and please, if you feel disrespected by it, then good, you should. How in the hell can black farmers not know how to be farmers when for 200 years they did it for free for you? How could black farmers not know how to do the business of it when as sharecroppers after slavery, they still did it for you? How do you go from doing all the work to not knowing how to do it? Save that argument for somebody that give a shit. We will understand, and I appreciate individuals like you that simply do what you do. And uh, I'm going to do my best to partner with you. As I said, we have trucks, uh, and we have been delivering food. We have delivered more than uh, I was talking to the president, the past president of the Los Angeles City Council, Herb Wesson, and the next couple of weeks we're going to be giving away another food giveaway here at the Compton Airport. To date, we have given away more than 1.8 million tons of food. Okay. We have fed more than 100,000 families, households, in Compton, Linwood, Long Beach, Bellflower, the Los Angeles area of Watts, Carson, and Paramount. We deliver those food to senior citizens, to disabled veterans, and to people who are in need due to COVID-19. And I was asked a few days ago, Bishop, you bought this big air-conditioned bobtail truck. When COVID-19 is is over, will you sell it to me? You got these other trucks that you bought to deliver the food. When COVID-19 is is over, can we have it? And I said, well, I haven't thought about what we're going to do with these trucks, but I'll follow what God tells me to do. God just told me today that we're getting ready to start the first, to my knowledge, black, because I'm black, farmer's market on wheels. And we're going to drive those trucks to neighborhoods that need fresh fruit and vegetables. And we're going to open up and we're going to do it right there wherever we are, the location that we choose. And I will get that signed, sealed, and delivered by the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, the City of Los Angeles, the City of Compton, 
Carson, Paramount, Bellflower, Linwood, and, of course, for the special area over in Watts. And we're going to do that because even after COVID, people need fresh fruits and vegetables. And since we have the trucks, we might as well be farmer's market on, on, on wheels because, as you said earlier so eloquently, we have to unify. We have to get together, and we have to become a family again. We have to help each other. That's how we're going to do it. There's a brother named Ron Finley. He has taught people how to grow in little spaces on uh-huh. the side of the house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. for five years, solicited this brother to work with me. He won't even return my phone call. Okay? I've seen him at the farmer's market. And almost begged him. Never returned my call. But I still don't give up. I have lost no love as a result of that. And the name of my company is Roots Brothers Grows. G-R-O-W-S because my whole situation is about growing mentally, physically, in the ground, out of the ground. It's the only way you can have a future is to grow mentally, physically. That's the only way you'll ever achieve abundance. So it's roots, brothers, meaning unity, grows. So I only deal in positivity. I'm excited. Okay? I'm excited. You can even go to the website, rootsbrothersgrows.com. You can go to that website. Rihanna, can you put that website also on the page so that people will be able to go to that That's website? And we will partner. National Ombudsman will partner with you. Grows. Dot com. Say that, repeat that one time. Roots, R-O-O-T-S, Brothers, B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S, Grows, G-R-O-W-S, dot com. Okay. We're going to, National Ombudsman is going to partner with you, and we will either help you get to the farmer's markets that you're going to now, and then on other days that you're not going to the Farmers Market, we'll be getting those things to uh, the community and, uh, you know, giving them the opportunity, uh, those that can afford to buy it, uh, to purchase it for the price that you uh, give. And then for those that can't afford to buy it, then we will donate to them, uh, those that we grow in other areas, Um, because it is not our intentions to handicap them. It is our intention to to give them what we know they need while at the same time teaching them to grow themselves. And, I, you know, brother, I, I can tell you I've been doing this for so long that there's a whole lot of brothers that I, I've offered to partner up with, and I've partnered with some and been stabbed, rabbed, run over, left for dead. And, uh, you know, uh, I can just wipe my feet and say, Jesus, we're told that he was betrayed by Judas. And 
if he had just stopped at that point that he was betrayed, we wouldn't be here today. So for those that are believers of Christ, even if you are abused, it doesn't stop you from completing the mission that you were born to complete. So we will not go forward looking in the rearview mirror for all of those people that have ever thought about, you know, grandmother uh, uh, going on the back porch and pulling up some greens or picking some off her off her tree, uh, some vegetables or digging up her turnip or or doing something and coming in the house and cooking, or going on the other side of the house and grabbing a chicken and yanging his neck and 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 and, and cooking. We know that we where we came from, and well, if we don't I, as a kid, learned adversity is something we deal with every day. So I took adversity as being my best friend because from that adversity, things, either education or opportunity. When you turn your X's into O's, the only thing you get is success because an O is just a complete circle, and that's the symbol of God. So I represent the most high every day by making circles out of squares (laughs) or whatever shapes they come in. But adversity, we have to start learning that. In order to be successful, you got to fail six times to win one time. And there's nothing wrong with failing because one thing from it, you're going to learn something, what not to do and what to do. It's just having integrity and confidence. Because you're a winner until you lose or give up. Can't do either one. If you're going to live, that's freedom. True. All right, brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for being on the show. I will be in contact with you tomorrow. Um, and, uh, wow, I just, uh, I just want to just thank you for your time. Is All there right, any, Mark, is there anything you want to say before you leave? Understanding above all. Understanding. I will remember that. God bless you. All right, brother. Thank you. You listen to the Ombudsman Press Show. I'm your host, Mr. Edward Guillory, and we're going to continue with the next segment in just a few seconds. I want to let you know that, you know, time is our friend, but it is a friend to no one. Wow. Time is our friend, but time is a friend to no one. So let's get it in. Let's get it in. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the world. Back to the conversation about uh, Ice Cube. Uh, many of you that are bloggers, uh, readers of blogs, you've been chiming off about how you feel about, um, you know, uh, Ice Cube going to Washington, D.C. He refused to walk through the front doors of the White House, but he did have meetings with Kushner and uh, discussions on how the government, the current administration, uh, could and would sign and be a part of this contract with America. In fact, uh, some are claiming 
that the new platinum program rolled out by the Trump administration has a lot of information in there that uh, Ice Cube was peddling for the last several months, even before he met with the Trump people, meaning that maybe the Trump people started borrowing some of those ideas or agreed on putting some of those ideas into this new platinum uh, agreement with black people. Platinum agreement with black people. Because we know y'all like platinum and gold, so here, here's to you. My only problem with that, Brother Ice Cube, is that, uh, and I applaud your efforts, I support you and your efforts, and I don't care what nobody say, I just do not believe that Trump knows how to not lie and a contract doesn't mean anything to him. And if he's reelected, who's going to enforce the contract? <laughs> you going to take him to court? You can't sue a president. And he only gets one more term. So, unfortunately, uh, the contract with black America, with Donald Trump, is a no-go for the bishop. Uh, I'm sorry. I have not voted yet. But um, Trump, you didn't get me. And for all my Republican friends that says that I have a fiduciary responsibility to disclaim that, my opinions and thoughts about Trump are not necessarily the opinions or the Republic, of the Republican Party. However, as a delegate to the California Republican Assembly, I will say I don't care what they say or how they feel. I don't support Donald Trump. No ways, no how. And, uh, you know, all of the people that he has had in his administration that he has balled up and threw away, all of the criminals that he has went to bat for and gave pardons to, uh, including the raggedy uh, sheriff out of Maricopa, Arizona, I just say, you know, here we have a sheriff in Los Angeles that went to prison, and he won't give him a pardon for not doing something. But here's a prison, uh, a sheriff in Arizona who clearly did something and was found guilty of it, but yet Trump turns around and gives him a pardon even before he's supposed to turn himself in to go to prison. Uh, generally, people go to prison and then get the pardon. Or, no, the sentencing. He pardoned him before sentencing people. Uh, and how can you be law and order and keep letting everybody that goes to court and lose and get found guilty, you get them out? You use an executive order to get them out. How are you law and order? No, you're, you're unlawful and you're disorderly. Trump is unlawful and disorderly. He is not the law and order president that he keeps lying about. And he can't even answer a clear – and let me say this, too. For those individuals who say, well, he signed the contract. He's going to help black America. Uh, why won't he denounce white racist supremacists, uh, the racist boys, the uh, bigot boys, and the white supremacist boys, and the Peckerwood boys? Why won't he denounce these people? Because he's a part of them. He believes that his white – skin entitles him to work with Russia to sell out this government. That's my belief. I believe that. 
I'm crazy, remember? I am the person who said long ago to the Republican Party that he would destroy this party. So I have a little, a little trivia here. Why would this guy, a little young guy, he's in his 30s, become the youngest speaker of the House, and then Trump is elected, and then he decides, you know what, I'm going to retire out of politics. I'm going to step down from the most powerful speaker of the House. Wow, really? Huh. Why did 17 other Republicans decide that I'm a Republican, but I'm not a bigot? I can't be a part of this Lindsey Graham fiasco. Wow. I'm not asking you to say that my best friend or my friend is a black. I'm just saying that we can no longer live in a distorted, racist world. Our children play ball, go to college, pledge fraternities, fight in the armed forces, swim in the same pool, And we cannot allow one divisive dictator to come back and put this country in another civil war. It's more of us than it is of them. I love my countrymen. I don't distinguish my love for my friends. And unlike a lot of people, I don't have to disclaim that many of my friends are of all nationalities, of of all walks of faith, of of all genders and gender preferences. And if any of the people that know me have a problem with anyone else, they don't have to be around at that time that I'm with that person or persons. But my non-black friends and family members, I don't have to disclose to them that I'm not a racist because they know me and they love me and they recognize by me being their family member or friend, I don't see them or myself as inferior or superior. So when you get these people who say, well, I have a black friend or I have a white friend, but let's explore a bigot. A bigot participates in trying to subject a person of a different nationality, race, creed, in a violent or disorderly, unrespectful, or unlawful manner to hold, suppress, and to prevent them from participating 
in or with the system. So when they say institutional bigotry or institutional racism, you're trying to prevent someone else from enjoying the same freedoms and liberties that you have and basing it on your race, which you had nothing to do with. Nothing. You didn't get to choose. America is bigger than this. You've heard me say that I don't care if you have a picture of Biden with the devil. I'm still voting for him. At this point, I find that Trump has got to go. And my vote is going to be for someone that at least understands that everybody are people. I'm not saying that Joe Biden has not said, did, or uh, uh, voted on something that ill-affected me or my people, but I'm saying that Donald Trump is a Wotan willing participant of white supremacy. So therefore, I cannot, and I will not, and I don't care what anybody says, support that man for anything. And when you when he gets out of office, it's like the kid that, oh, uh, if I can't be the president, I'm leaving the country. Bye. You already was going. Your interest wasn't here in the first place. Your interest isn't in America. That's the reason why you have no idea as to what to do to move America in the direction of uniting and being one country. The imbecile, the idiot, because, you know, you can Google that, the idiot told Puerto Ricans to vote for him, and you better vote for me. I've been better than you than anybody. This was the same guy that had just admonished them, you better stop all of those hurricanes because I'm not going to keep on giving you money. i got to give money to the Americans. And then when he was admonished and embarrassed about it, he said, well, I didn't mean it like that. I was just saying, no, dumb, dumb. They are Americans. They are not a state. So because they are not recognized as a state, they cannot vote in federal elections for president. However, they pay taxes, and they are citizens. Dummy. They were teaching that in public school in the third and fourth grade. Wow, private school. Wow, military private school. I guess you pay and you graduate. But my IQ is so my IQ. I'm so smart. I'm the smartest thing. I tell you, I'm the smart. I'm smart. Hey, listen. I mean, I, they say my IQ is so smart. I'm so smart. Okay, person over there has a low IQ. This person is dumb. That person. Oh, don't say mention the word smart. And then don't you tell me smart. Don't you mention smart to me. Uh, uh, I, I know you're not smart. I'm smart. There. <laughs> There's no room. There's no room. 
for us to even pretend that the world is not following if this man is re-elected. You know, I, people keep saying, the world is in the end. Well, hell. <laughs> get up, get out, and vote. But don't just stop there. Everyone should have 10 people. 10 people that you know that you can count, call, and tell them to vote. Tell them to vote. Tell them that we need their vote and support. Because if we don't get it, don't tell them just to vote. Tell them to vote Trump out. Trump has got to go. He's got to go. Pack his bags and go back to Russia. Ukraine, anywhere where his interest is. We can't we can't stand it. We can't. Please, 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 please. Please get out the vote. Now, as I mentioned before, I have not voted yet. Because I want to make sure that when I place my ballot, that it is something that is monumental. I'm voting for my ancestors. Hell, I am voting for my predecessors. I'm voting for my descendants. I'm voting for everybody coming after me. I'm voting for the crickets, the walnut trees. I'm voting for everything, the little amoebas, the ants, the cockatiels. I'm voting for everybody because we all, the whole entire world, needs this man to go on and retire and go on somewhere. I cannot believe that somebody is so hated that during his COVID hospital stay, people were praying that God would just throw him in hell. That God would just open up the bowels of hell and just drop him in. And the devil said, hell no. <laughs> you ain't going to bring that line. Back. You ain't going to bring that line piece of crap down here. Keep him. We don't want him. Not right now. We have some expansion to do because when we put him in here there's going to be a lot of demons jump out of him uh, he's like simple. he got 99 99.9 demons he don't want them he said nope 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 y'all can't purgatory purgatory for those that believe in purgatory they don't know we're full COVID virus we're full we got no room for them so we had to cut a deal. We said, Lord, he got to go. The Lord said, don't worry. Y'all vote him out, and he going to run. <laughs> He's going to run. Run, run, run. So I hope everyone um, who had questions and text, emailed, and called me about my homeboy 
You know my position on him now. I support him, and I trust him. And, you know, I know that those of us who are Republican, we shouldn't. I'm not voting for him. So uh, if he can get something from this man for the black community, so be it. We'll take it. But we're not going to vote him back in. And so uh, if he was smart and if they're listening, take that $500 trillion platinum program and deliver it before the election. That would show that at least once in life you kept your word. Finders don't have time. They've run out. They, they've caught you in so many lies. They won't even investigate it anymore. They just say, taboo, you know. In fact, if you Google, is Trump lying before you even finish? Is Google going to say, yep? <laughs> is Trump lying? Absolutely. They didn't let you finish. You can't even type in the lie. They're going to say, yep. Did Trump lie? Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. And have anybody ever noticed recently in the last day or three how now Trump is answering questions uh, by totally evading the question at all? Uh, sir, did you get up this morning? Well, you know, uh, uh, I can say that I get up a lot of mornings. Uh, you know, uh, I have not. I don't remember when I was last sleep because I don't sleep. Uh, you know, I'm usually tweeting. Sir, did you have breakfast this morning? Uh, breakfast would constitute uh, food. Uh, I like food. Uh, McDonald's is my favorite. Uh, I like the Big Mac. Uh, you know, I don't trust different people to cook for me. So uh, usually if they have a meal or a donut, I like donuts. Uh Donuts are good. My, they're my favorite jelly, jelly jelly donuts. But my wife don't like me to eat jelly donuts because I get the jelly on my white shirt. And then she says, honey, you got jelly on your white shirt. And I say, okay. And then I have to go back to my room and change my shirt. So what was the question? Breakfast? Yes. Breakfast food is important. That's how you start your day. But, you know, it's interesting because I don't know when the day starts. What time does the day really begin? Because they say 12 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, I I haven't even been to sleep yet. And then when they say there's a meeting, I'm so tired that I say I don't care. They say, sir, we have to brief you on the nuclear warhead in China. And, and, China, and North Korea has been. I say, what else is going on in the world? Because this is boring. I'm so sleepy. I did not get enough sleep last night. Yeah, I heard my phone. It was beeping, tweeting, and I started tweeting. And you know, can you believe that Dennis Rodman haven't endorsed me yet? Oh, I'm just so mad at him. I told Kim, uh, uh, you better get your boy Dennis Rodman to endorse me. So what is the next thing on our agenda today? What? The debate? Oh, my goodness. We better cancel. You know why? <coughs> uh, I think my COVID uh, uh, test came back. Oh, that might be a great idea. I should go. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Oh, wait. We better go late. 
If we go late, they won't have time to test me. They'll be putting the camera over in the chair, and they won't see me there. And then they'll just let me walk in because I'm the president. I'm late. So what? I'm the president of the United States. And Joe Biden, he was never the president. He's the vice president. He's trying to be the president. I'm the president right now. That's what I said. Yep. That's what I said. I'm the president. I am the president. I can't believe it. <laughs> Get called McDonald's. Call McDonald's. Let's have a happy view. Happy, happy. I'm happy I'm the president of the United States of America. No, I'm going to change that. This is United States of Trump. <laughs> United States of Trump. I like that. Can you get to the legal department and call them and see if we can change it on the map? You know what? Let's get a map to every school and let's put on there United States of Trump. Yeah, and we'll make them pledge allegiance to it. Oh, Mr. President, they no longer have to pledge allegiance. What? They should pledge allegiance to me. I pledge allegiance to Donald Trump, the president of the United States of Trump, and to the Re- – is that Republicans? Uh, Republicans? Uh, Repub- Republic? I thought we was a – are we a republic? But it is a republic. I thought it was the United States of America. I want to change this. Right, change it out of there. Okay, of the United States of America, and to uh, Donald Trump, I swear allegiance. Uh, and I'm gonna take God out of this because I don't think it's legal to have God in there. They took it out of there, um, so we're gonna put and uh, to Donald Trump, I will always be sincere. And vote for them. And I think I should have a third term. So let's see how I can do that. Uh, let's do Article 50. Since Article 25 says you can remove me, I think Article 50 should means that I can be reinstated for uh, three more terms, uh, four more terms, four more terms. Uh, I like four more terms, yeah. Four, five more terms. Five more terms. That way, I have six terms altogether, and there'll be no other president that had that many terms. Six terms. That's the contract I'm going to put down here, and everybody can pledge allegiance to it. Now, bring the next group in. Let's talk to them. What are you guys were from where? National Security. Okay, bye. You can leave. All right. Take a donut. You can have a donut. I'm the president of the United States. I'm the president of the United States. I'm the president of the United States. Hey, where's Prince? What is Prince doing? Oh, he's probably over there uh, picking flies out of his hair. I told him not to use that hairspray. I told him to use the kind that I have. It has, you know, it has a delicious smell, like, and it makes my hair stay. It doesn't fly up no more. And I show him. I keep it down. The the skunk, I got a little skunk spray, and it makes everything go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got it when I was over there in um, Indonesia. So uh, I'm going to discuss this. This is a letter that I typed up. Actually, I wrote it first. And then I got the old uh, Lincoln typewriter out, and I typed it. Dear American Americans, yes. Uh, I am your president, Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump. Sometimes I say go by Donald. Um, 
I've been the best president ever, just ever. I want to lock up all of the others that are still president or have been president before because they're not voting for me. I don't have no use for them. It gives me great pleasure. No, I got to say, I am sad that you guys were so stupid not to vote me in for a second election. I'm only writing this concession speech right now because the polls don't look very favorable. But just like before, when they counted me out, I just lied and filled out a bunch of applications and falsified information and bring, I, I blackmailed the people. And then I took Russian money. Uh, I don't think I should put all of it. No, anyway, the people who did not believe in me and they didn't vote me for the class president and they didn't come and support my golf course, Largo, but I made the president, I became the president. Anyway, I made history, I'm the best, and you guys are going to be stuck with Joe Biden and Kamala Camel. See, I'm just saying Camel Toe. <laughs> Camel Toe. And uh, so what, suckers? Sorry, suckers, I'm gone. Okay. Call the Russian embassy and let them know I'm on my way. I won't be going to the inauguration. They didn't go to my inauguration. So. Mr. President, the former president was a tremendous. I didn't see him. Uh, he shook your hand. He left and he waved him on. Oh, well, he wasn't Joe Biden. Joe Biden wasn't there. Uh, Mr. President, it's customary for the president and the first lady to wish you well and to. But uh, Joe Biden had already left. D.C., allowing the Pences to go and move into their mansion. Well, it don't matter. I, I don't care. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't care. So uh, so what we're going to do now? You know, I can't go back to New York. Uh, did, they, did they get all of my Swiss accounts for, for all the bank money? I hear they got a billion dollars that they're trying to get lawsuits and all these things. <laughs> I know that they're going to be looking. You make sure the helicopter's ready. Now, do they get to guard me and keep people from serving with subpoenas uh, after the election, or do they have to wait until the 23rd? Because if they have to wait until the 23rd, I'll be gone. Uh, do they have to serve me personally? Because uh, <laughs> uh, I told legal to give me a list of countries with beautiful beaches and pristine water and golf courses that don't extradite. Did you give me that list? <laughs> I'm looking for a new home. <laughs> for a builder Trump paradise. Uh, for runaway uh, uh, white-collar criminals. Oh, we won't call them criminals. We'll call them white-collar businessmen. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to 
We're going to have ourselves a little fun. We're going to make sure that Hillary gets arrested. I told, I gave instructions, explicit instructions for the uh, Attorney General to lock her up and Obama and his mama. He didn't do it yet. Therefore, I'm going to do an executive order. You're going to lock him up. I can do that, can't I? I can lock up my attorney general for not doing what I told him to do, can't I? I think I can, and I will. I think I can, and I will. I'm going to lock him up if he don't lock her up. That's going to be my deal. Lock him up. Lock him up if he don't do what I tell him to do. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to the Unbuzzing Press Show tonight. It's been my extreme pleasure to share with you a little bit of my views. The characterization of the Donald Trump was all my own idea, explicitly, and it's just my beliefs. So, unfortunately, uh, Donald can lie, and I can have my beliefs. Thanks to America. God bless you all for listening. Stay tuned to our next show on Monday, the Marvelous Monday Show with Dr. Shirley McKellar and Bishop Guillory. God bless you all. See you next Saturday. You can take us home. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.